0: direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is DINFOs Live. Hello and welcome to a very special two year anniversary episode of DINFOs Live. I'm your host, Major David J. Murphy, an instructor with the Defense Information School. On this month's episode, we'll be speaking to Lieutenant Commander Jack Georges, an instructor with the Joint Intermediate and Joint Contingency Public Affairs courses. He'll detail what these courses are and how they can help improve our DOD PA professionals Before we bring him out, though, I want to take a moment to welcome our first guest, who will be talking to us all about the DINFO's Hall of Fame program, the chief of the International Military Student Office, Mr. Rivers Johnson. Welcome to the program, Mr. Johnson.
1: Thank you, Mayor. Please have a
0: seat. Thank you for joining us today. We're really eager to learn about this very important program. But before we do, I want to make sure to introduce our social media moderator for this month. Joining us again is Lance Corporal. Dylan Grasso, Lensville Grasso, how you doing? I'm doing good, how are you? Welcome back to the program. I hear you're working on some very interesting
2: stuff out at uh, Paris Island. Yes, so we're doing a docu-series, and for one of our episodes, it is naturalization. And so we're going down there to interview drill instructors that have, like, got their, oh, what is it called? Like, they've joined citizenship, yes. They've got their citizenship in the United States through joining the military
0: and the Marine Corps specifically. Wow, that's amazing. We'll look forward to seeing that. If you have any questions for any of our guests, don't hesitate to leave them down in the comments below. Or if you're part of our live in-studio audience, uh, feel free to ask your questions. Let's give it up, live studio audience. That's right, folks. We actually have a real live studio audience here today. So again, if any of you have any questions, Come right up to the mic and ask our guests away. And if you want to be part of our live studio audience and happen to be around the Fort Meade area when we're doing our show, just send me an email, dmurphy at dinfos.edu, and I'll be happy to get you access into the building. All right, well, let's get on with the show. First off, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your your time in the PA career field, Mr. Johnson? Okay,
1: well, thank you, Major Murphy, for inviting me here to discuss the Defense Information School's Hall of Fame program. Uh, Well, first and foremost, I am a career Army Public Affairs Officer having spent 23 of 30 years in the career field at wow. all levels. Uh, White House, NSA Cyber Command and the Pentagon. I currently serve as the Chief of the International Military Student Office at Denfos. Essentially I am the uh, Commandant Subject matter Expert expert for all things international. Uh, as most know uh, we get approximately 25 International Military Students a year. and My job is to ensure that they have quality of life for the time here. And so, whether that's uh, from an admin standpoint, uh, logistics, or culturally.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Well, it can affect a more qualified individual to run this highly impertinent, prestigious program. But can you tell us uh, what is the Hall of Fame program exactly?
1: Well, thank Great question. So, the, uh, well, first of all, I'd I like to <laughs> say that DENFOS is the premier, uh, world's premier audiovisual and uh, public affairs training institute. Absolutely. The DENFOS Hall of Fame. Program established in 2013. It honors and recognizes those Denfos alumni who've made extraordinary, significant, or lasting contributions uh, at all levels in a number of professions. Um, the service includes uh, uh, government, uh, the military, uh, private sector, uh, education, and things like that.
0: That's really cool. Uh, who are some of the notable folks who have, are already in the program or have been uh, inducted?
1: Well, uh, good question. I'll, I'll give you about three. The, the first one being the late Walter Mondale, Army veteran. He was also Minnesota's uh, senator, but more importantly, he was the 42nd Vice President of the United States. Wow. Um, some remembered uh, made uh, actually Captain Dale Dye, United States Marine Corps, Vietnam veteran, recipient of the Purple Heart. Uh, technical movie advisor, director, and actor. Uh, You may have seen him in uh, movies like uh, Saved Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, uh, Starship Troopers, and Platoon. And the last one I'll mention is uh, Clarence Page, Pulitzer Prize winning author, uh, currently works for the Chicago Tribune.
0: Wow, that's quite some rarefied air there. Absolutely. What are some qualifications for nominations?
1: Well, uh, good question. So first and foremost, a must be a Denfos alumni, a graduate. The the next consideration is 20 years of public service uh, in academia, the industry. um, It could be uh, education, uh, entertainment, uh, strategic communication, things like that.
0: Wow. If I think somebody is, you know, right for this program and I should consider them for potential admission to the program. What would I go about uh, submitting someone for that? How would I go about doing that?
1: Well, they, they can visit the Defense Information School's homepage and click about and they'll have information there. Uh, we have some information provided on the screen now, the link where they can go to. Uh, if they have further questions, they can call me direct. So my number should be there as well, but it's 443-864-9212. I'd be happy to answer any questions they have. That's great. And
0: and don't forget, And if you've missed that link, it'll be in the show notes so you can find it there. So what is the deadline to submit and when will the induction ceremony actually take place?
1: Well, the deadline for uh, nominations for submission is the 30th of April. The actual program is 9 August and uh, the inductees should be announced by the 1st of June.
0: Okay, great. Well, before we say goodbye to you, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Well, again, there are a lot of great Americans that have served, uh, you know, our country in the communications field that are DenFo's graduates. Uh, If our audience members feel that uh, someone's deserving, just go to the website or give me a call and make sure we uh, put in the nominations and recognize these great Americans who have served our country uh, from a communications perspective.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again for your time, Mr. Johnson. really appreciate it and wish you well with your program. Thank you. All right. Well, I'd now like to welcome our main guest for today's episode, Lieutenant Commander Georges, Lieutenant Commander Georges, welcome to the program. How are you? Good to be back. Great, great to have you. Of course, you're no stranger to the program. Nope. Uh, you've been here as a guest multiple times, and you've sat in the hosting chair. So great to have you back. Uh, but for those folks who may not be familiar with your experience and expertise, can you kind of give us a quick rundown of your PA career field background?
3: Yeah, I uh, I've been in the field for 18 years. I came into the Navy as a mass communication specialist. Did that for several years. Uh, and then I came on over to the dark side uh, as public affairs officer. Um, so during a lot of time, I've uh, got a couple tours to Iraq, doing a lot of VI work um, over in uh, Navy Region Europe, Africa Central. That's in Naples, Italy. Great tour of duty. Um, the aircraft carriers, USS Theodore Roosevelt and uh, George Washington, as well as uh, Naval Station ROTA, which if anybody gets an opportunity to go to ROTA, highly, highly recommend. Yeah, actually,
0: I had a 24-hour layover there one time. and It was an awesome experience. I'd love to go back. So you're here to talk to us about the Joint Intermediate Public Affairs course and the Joint Contingency Public Affairs course. Can you talk to me about what are these courses and who are they for?
3: The courses, uh, you know, they're follow-on from your initial training uh, after you have a few years of experience out in the fleet and field. So really, we're looking for seasoned communicators from uh, across the DOD as well as the uh, federal interagency. And uh, we're looking for probably you know, senior enlisted, uh, NCOICs, uh, as well as typically 03 to 05 officers. Uh, we get uh, junior to that sometimes, and that's OK. That's fine. Uh, we're just We're looking for that experience to come bring back some knowledge from the fleet and field and share it with others.
0: Right, because that makes their experience during the course that much more substantial, right? Absolutely. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the differences
3: between these two courses? So as you mentioned, we have two, so it's a joint intermediate public affairs course and the joint contingency public affairs course. And one basic difference is that uh, JIPAC, as we call it, is 25 training days, I'm sorry, 27 training days. And uh, JICPAC is 10. So obviously JICPAC is shorter. Um, But our intermediate course, that focuses a lot on, there's a heavy emphasis on organizational leadership and change. So uh, it's, it's got a component that's uh, contingency, but a lot of it is steady state operations and how do you as a public affairs officer help lead your organization into tomorrow? And then the contingency course, like I said, 10 days, and that's all about operating with the joint task force in a contested environment and really going through the entire planning process.
0: Okay, great, great. I hear we have a question from social media. So Sweden. Lance Bograsso, Grasso, hit us. All
3: right, from Lieutenant
2: Kim Kelly. Do you, recommend, do you recommend someone spend time in the fleet
3: or field after graduating PACS-Q before
2: attending the intermediate courses?
3: Thanks for the question. Um, I absolutely recommend that someone spend some time in the fleet and field before you go to JICPAC or JIPAC um, because we're going to expect that you have some, some basic skills down pat so we can build on that. And it makes a whole lot more sense if you have that experience to bring to the table and build this training onto
0: absolutely now with regard to prerequisites i did want to ask a question that was emailed prior to the show national guard soldiers can they attend the course as well
3: of course so uh, as i mentioned earlier it's for anybody from the federal interagency uh, so our, our guardsmen uh, our coast guardsmen uh, you know active duty all that were are welcome in the course great and what would these students get out of the course well uh, so again they're, they're two different courses um, so with the ji course you can think of that as a more broad scope uh, training for a public affairs officer, public affairs professional, um, and where you're learning a lot about assessing your organization's capabilities, its mandates, its processes. Uh, we do a lot of strategic foresight and forecasting work. Uh, we have a, a numerous guest speakers that uh, from industry that come, industry and academia that come and and, and engage with the students. And we do a lot of crisis communications. Um, and that's all about, as I said, really being able to kind of look out into the future, have some predictive, predictive sense of what's coming and prepare your organization for that future. Be best equipped to handle it and thrive in it. And then the Joint Contingency Public Affairs uh, course, that's really about being able to come together with a joint staff uh, and plan military operations uh, against an adversary Um, but also applicable all these skills applicable for like disaster response and that type of thing.
0: Now much of what we teach in the schoolhouse is informed by doctrine and policy within the DOD and joint publication 3-04 recently came out which had a big impact in terms of affecting you know what we teach and what we might teach in the future. Can you tell our audience what that is and how it might or has impacted your courses?
3: Yeah, 3-04 you know it came out it was signed in September uh, we've kind of been working from that playbook for a little while now, uh, developing the ways to implement what JP3-TAC-04 calls for. So again, that's that's information in joint operations. And that, that's a document for all operators. It's not just for public affairs professionals or uh, your PSYOP professionals. And that's because 304 calls for information to be a fundamental part of military operations, not Uh, just a supporting feature, sprinkle a little PA over here uh, when you'd like it. Um, and So it really asks us, in fact it mandates that we be in the driver's seat for some of these things. Um, It changes a lot of vocabulary, uh, so there's no information warfare, no information operations, doctrinally speaking. Instead that's operations in the information environment, or OIE. Um, It creates uh, some new staff products uh, and it also places a heavy emphasis on narrative. And it tells us that public affairs leads that process. So that's a lot of the work that we're, we're doing right now, understanding what narrative is, and, and working on how to build that and incorporate it into our communications. Um, and additionally, it calls for us to co-chair two really important uh, working groups, the information planning cell and the information cross-functional team.
0: Talk to me a little bit more about the information planning cell as a concept. What is that, and how does it inform information within the operating environment?
3: Well, we use it in the schoolhouse, we, it is part of the vehicle in operational design. So uh, our scenario for JICPAC starts way in the beginning, um, understanding what the problem is and developing the operational approach to it. And it brings together your information forces, uh, whatever your joint staff may have at its disposal. So think about, again, your PSYOPs, uh, civil affairs, your intel folks, and definitely public affairs. And it brings those folks together with uh, targeting officers, like a firing fires officer, as well as your strategy and plans folks, uh, because it is the it is how we understand information's effect on uh, the problem that we're facing, um, and how information will be used as a, a method of operation when achieving the uh, commander's end state.
0: Great, great. And I just want to remind our studio audience that they are more than welcome to put Lieutenant Commander Georges on the spot. Ah, here we go. A volunteer. Please say your name and ask your question.
2: Hi, Lieutenant Commander Georges. I'm Lieutenant Commander Kate Sheeran, a Q instructor at DINFOS. My question is about feedback you've received from your students, either JIPAC or JIPAC. Have you received any feedback about how they implemented what they learned in your course in the real world?
3: Yeah, thanks for the uh, question, Kate. I appreciate it. Um, So yeah, we have received some feedback, and uh, one of the pieces in particular that we've received some feedback on is our uh, information environment running assessment tool. So that's something that students will be able to take with them when they leave the schoolhouse. And that's a a tool that we've developed so that they can track and assess the information environment uh, through the lens of narrative and be able to depict that to other information forces in places such as the information planning cell, information cross-functional team, and be able to succinctly brief their commanders on what the battle space looks like.
2: Very cool. Thanks, Jack.
0: Yep. Alright, let's keep it going. we got a question from social media. Let's hear it. We
2: do. From Samuel Weir, should someone attend one or the other course? Ooh. Or would you advise someone to attend both
3: courses? That's a great question. <laughs> and uh, the short answer is both, uh, really the contingency course I would say go to that if you are going to a joint command uh, particularly one that is likely to or has the potential to deploy whether in response to disaster or other national contingencies uh, because that'll introduce you um, or at least get your you know burnish your skills on working with a joint staff um, and understanding how that process works and really being an effective team member um, and then JIPAC you know, that is really about about filling out your skills, your capabilities as a public affairs officer, not just in uh, contingency planning, but again, like I said, as an organizational leader and just being the best PAO that you can be. So I, the short answer is, is both.
0: As someone who actually attended both courses before I went to uh, Special Operations Command Korea, Uh, they were immensely helpful in terms of helping me understand the joint environment and how public affairs plays a role in information operations within the joint environment. So I definitely appreciated the the guidance that I got from those courses, so couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, You talked about some of the skills that students will develop during the course. Can you kind of go into more detail and and kind of elaborate on that?
3: Yeah, so students will develop and really hone uh, a lot of skills. They'll hone some skills that they already have and they'll develop skills that maybe they haven't had. um, The courses are really complex and in-depth, so there's lots of things that you're gonna do. So I'll I'll, I'll emphasize one in particular, and it's actually one that our students in our current JICPAC class that's going on right now, in fact, they're getting ready to uh, sit through their first uh, information planning cell, or I shouldn't say sit through it, lead their first information planning cell. Nice. Um, And so the skill is narrative. Right? It's about um, narrative analysis and then developing narrative for your command. Uh, we walk through what the concept of narrative is, talking about narratives as systems of stories and uh, enduring master narratives that uh, are, are that live through uh, culture um, and they really define people's sense of self and identity. Um, and we've worked through the process of deconstructing the information environment into narrative um, so that we can see who is impacted, who is propagating narrative throughout the information space, how those narratives impact us and how we use those narratives to effectively communicate. Right? So we're not just talking at somebody but the information we're sending, how we can package it in a way that will, whoever receives it will retain the same meaning that we're trying to communicate. And so. I think that's probably um, one of the biggest skills that they'll use because that takes us through understanding narrative and doing our audience analysis. And, again, that's a function that we are supposed to lead. And if we aren't good at doing it and we don't know what we're doing, someone else is going to do it, and uh, that will be a golden opportunity missed for us. Absolutely. Uh, we have another question from social media.
2: Uh, from Stephanie Hatcher, what grade or rank do you have to be to attend this course?
3: The uh, basic prerequisites for JICPAC and JIPAC are to have attended either PAQC or Legacy Qualification Course for Public Affairs and then the new pacs So that's the, the fundamental um, baseline. Each service has their own um, additional uh, requirements for attending, so uh, if you go to the website, the DINFO's website, I think you're going to include the link in the show Absolutely. notes, yep. um, you can see on there what the uh, prerequisites are by service, but I would say that the best the best grade to really attend at is the senior enlisted E7 above and then um, 03 to 05. Um, now that being said, we have folks junior to that who do exceptionally well in the course. So those grades are really just a rough estimate of experience. So if you've got seasoned experience out there, that's what you really need to bring to the class.
0: Yeah, we actually had a First Lieutenant Marine in my class when I went, and he was very much a big contributor to everything we did. So, yep. all right, we have another question from the audience. Uh, please state your name and your question.
1: Uh, hi, I'm Adam Lau. i an Army
3: PAO. Uh, piggybacking off that, is there a waiting period after you take the pac uh, the PACS q course, um, to take these courses? So there's no specific waiting period on DINFO's side. Uh, we don't stipulate anything in particular. Uh, that There may be something related to that by service. Uh, and so if that requirement exists, I'd encourage you to talk to your training officer and um, however you would net, normally apply to DINFO's. Um, from my experience teaching the course and um, my public affairs experience and knowing what the course is, I would recommend that you have at least a few years out in the fleet and field uh, before you come back to the course you know, you receive training, it's best if you implement it, you become comfortable with the training that you have so you can come back and really incorporate new ideas and skills into the toolbox you've already got. And so that's that would be my uh, recommendation to you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, since we talk
0: about prerequisites and we talk about experience from the field, can you kind of briefly talk about the differences between uh, student interaction teaching in, obviously, the basic course, PAX-Q, and the intermediate course, and kind of what those conversations uh, feel like and, and how you moderate that.
3: So our courses, they do. we do a lot of group work. Um, and in particular, in this JICPAC class, it's from day one to the end, you will be working as a close, close team, and I hope that you'll like everybody. Um, but... what we're really looking for is people to bring their experience because we're not only learning new skills, we're growing new knowledge um, or we're developing some new approaches. Um, I have a gunnery sergeant in my class who just today shared with me some training she received uh, from NATO. Um, That looks like it would complement a lot uh, really well some of the content that we're looking at. So we can take that kind of stuff and that kind of feedback and see how it fits with what we're doing. And so students working together You know, they they are able to better attack uh, the problems that they face from different perspectives. And, uh, you know, it's a golden opportunity for us to come back as a community, learn from one another, and then uh, learn from other services because, uh, you know, undoubtedly the Air Force has some best practices that the Navy would benefit from and vice versa. So um, I think that's a key, uh, you know, benefit of these courses.
0: Absolutely. You know, you talked about experiences and knowledge, but what about tools? What specific tools will students be able to take back with them to their units?
3: So we provide the students a, a pretty robust um, toolkit, of a resource for them to take with them out of the, the schoolhouse. And uh, so I'll, I'll hit on two. One I just mentioned um, with Lieutenant Commander um, Sheeran's question. And that is our information environment assessment tool, which and I don't think I actually mentioned it when she asked her question. We had one of our previous students uh, was an exercise uh, out with Marines in California, brought it to the table. And uh, he said in his words that it blew away his fire and effects folks and that they were able to use this at the operational level um, to incorporate information to all their planning. Um, So that was great to hear from him. Uh, and he actually provided us a few recommendations for, for updates to make it more applicable in the field, which we've incorporated, and that's fantastic. So you'll be able to walk away with that tool. Um, and that, again, it helps you track information disorder, the rising and falling trends of narratives, how they shift and refine over time, and who's involved in those narratives. Uh, we use the BEND framework, which I think some of our PAXQ q students are probably familiar with. And we get to exercise this in real depth, and that's developing a common uh, language, a common vocabulary for describing approaches to the information environment, and then also a narrative construct tool. So I, I talked about how do you analyze uh, narratives. Well, this tool breaks it down for you, all the aspects, components of narrative that you're looking for. So as you do your environmental scanning, you can construct those. And so those are just an example of some of the tools that students will receive.
0: Excellent. Well, I think I'm going to switch places with Lance Grasso, because <laughs> we got our question from social media. Yes, we do. From Kenneth Miller. How often are
2: these courses updated to keep current with the information environment?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I will say uh, I updated my, the lesson I gave yesterday about an hour before I delivered it. Wow. Um, and I just say that to say that uh, every iteration we go through, we are looking to refine what we're, we're delivering. Um, and a lot of that comes from recommendations from our students. It comes from the research that we're doing. Uh, We have uh, relationships with uh, members of the joint force across numerous information forces, some from uh, SOCSent right now who are uh, virtually engaged with our class. Um, And so we are are constantly looking out there to see what is at the leading edge right now for communication, what do we need to know, um, and not just what do we need to know, but how does PA define how to deal with some of these problems. So every iteration we review what we've done and uh, we update it so yeah
0: absolutely I mean such a dynamic environment to teach in right because it's changing all the time can you talk to me about like a specific assignment that you would give students in either of the courses
3: sure Uh, so we can we produce uh, I'll talk about one that we're doing now I can I can mention another but um, we're students will produce a communication strategy in our JICPAC class And they do that alongside uh, COA development, course of action development. And what they're producing is a, they're producing a way public affairs will implement information in their area of responsibility for a COA, not to tack onto it, but how do they build out the concept of of, uh, the the course of action. Um, And we do that in alignment with an information line of operation that our students build. So it's, it's, It's robust, it's like a comp plan, but we're attaching it to an entire line of operation that's defined by the students um, in accordance with, uh, that's executed in accordance with several lines of effort, again defined by them, and that is attacking centers of gravity that the students produce after doing a cog analysis. So it's really interlinked, um, but it's a really effective tool to think about communication and implement communication operationally.
0: That's great. What, what are some things that's like unique about these courses compared to other courses at the schoolhouse?
3: Well, I think that's, i well, will talk about them individually. JICPAC, I think that's unique, is the degree and depth to which we go into narrative analysis and development, and the real nitty-gritty planning that students are going to do uh, through the joint planning process. And something else that we have not done in other classes is we actually do operational design. Um, and so, you know, like, uh, one of our instructors, Mr. Steve Von Jett, uh, he likens it to operational design being the riverbed and the joint planning process being the river that flows through it. And so that's, that's, it's really cool. I mean, students get to define the operational approach. They get to take part in defining the operational approach, not just making the plans for it. And then in our intermediate public affairs course, Students will be tasked with two things. They write a position paper on uh, a program, a, p- a process, uh, something that they would like to address to deal with information disorder uh, or leveraging future technologies for their uh, their command, for their organization. And then they'll take that position paper and they'll build an innovation paper that uh, fully fleshes out what this innovation is. It uh, describes the implementation of this plan the strategic change models that they will employ to actually implement this build coalitions within their organization how they're going to measure its implementation and the effects that it receives or it produces uh, in the long run and they're going to do that they're going to demonstrate that what the innovation that they are building aligns with their organization's mandates authorities and processes excellent
0: that sounds very good very uh, informative uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye to you?
3: Well, I would just like to say that we'd, we'd love for uh, you to come on down, take the course. Um, it's Take either of the courses. They're really, really good. Um, it's a chance for you to help us improve the courses, um, meet and learn from uh, with your uh, fellow public affairs professionals across the force. Um, things are changing. 304 offers a really great opportunity for public affairs. To take the, take the wheel here and drive the development of information and its application in military operations. So uh, don't miss the chance, right? It's gonna, it'll be fun, I promise, and uh, we'll all benefit from it.
0: Absolutely. And perhaps someday we'll see
3: the Joint Advanced
0: Public Affairs course.
3: Perhaps, you never yeah. know.
0: Indeed, indeed. All right, well, again, thank you so much for your time, Lieutenant Commander Georges. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all our guests taking time out to be on our program to talk about, uh, of course, they're very important. Uh, issues and topics that's going on with the Defense Information School. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in. I want to thank our studio audience. Let's give it up. So great, so great. So again, if you're looking for anything we talked about in today's show, you'll find links uh, down in the show notes. And again, remember that you can also listen to the show rather than just watch it, just download it as a podcast. Just search DINFOs Live and your podcatcher of choice. I'm sure you'll find it there. You know, folks, it's kind of amazing to think that this show has already been on the air for two years. I've been helming the show for more than a year now, and it's been an honor to be part of such a seminal program for DINFOs. But, you know, I couldn't have done this show alone. So let's give it up for the crew of DINFOs Live. Let's have all these amazingly talented folks Come out here onto stage, because ultimately it's you all who make the show happen. We can't do this show without you. And I would also like to thank our audience for coming on. Come on on, audience. Come on out. <laughs> Give it up. Again, again, we are going to enjoy some cake. So come on, audience. Come on up here. Get some cake. All right, everybody, we will see you all next month.